Welcome everybody to a new episode of The Simple Christian. I am your host, Josue. Thank you for being here. Today we will follow up with the series of the top 10 ways that unsafe people think they're saved. Now, this is part number five. If you haven't listened to the previous ones, I would encourage you to do so. And so this one is called I Am Religious. And so this one I truly believe embodies all the previous ones. And in fact, it might also embody a couple of the latter ones. And so this one is I Am Religious. But the first few were the good person, sinner's prayer, I feel saved, good deeds. And so these are sort of the characteristics of a religious person. Now, I've sort of just crafted up my own definition for a religious person. And what I thought was a person who follows a set of beliefs closest to the teeth, yet lacks a relationship with their God. They treat God like a like a president or like a dictator. And so we sort of see that um, throughout scripture. And so... Let's begin by reading Luke 11, verse 38. Here we have Jesus sitting down with the Pharisees. And he says here, When the Pharisees saw this, he was amazed that he, Jesus, did not first perform the ritual washing before dinner. Now, the Pharisees just invited Christ after he had been performing miracles over for dinner. And he didn't go and do the typical washing of the feet which is honoring to whomever is the uh, uh, living in, in that quarter. Uh, but the Lord said to him, Now you, Pharisee, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside you are full of greed and evil. Fools, then he who made the outside make the inside too? But give from what is within to the poor, and then everything is clean for you? But woe to you, Pharisees! You give a tenth of mint, rue, and every kind of herb, and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees! You love the front seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you! You are like unmarked graves. The people who walk over them don't know it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. Then he said, Woe also to you, experts in the law. You load people with burdens that are hard to carry. Now you yourself don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you. You build monuments to the, to the prophets, and your father kills them. Therefore, you are without, or you are witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers. For they kill them, and you build their monuments. Because of this, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets and shed since the foundation of the world. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perishes between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible. Woe to the experts in the law. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't go in yourself, and you hindered those who were going in. Now Jesus is practically spazzing out of these guys in modern terms. He's correcting them. And though they may have felt insulted, 
Jesus is correcting them because they have been creating burdens for the people of Christ. They've been crafting up over 613 laws that Christ has never crafted up himself. And so these are kind of the attributes of a religious person. These guys didn't know who Christ was. They didn't know who the Messiah was. They sit in front rows because of their higher hats and those Gentiles and those Jews who are poor. They sit in the back. And so religious people love to show boast. They love to kind of attract attention to themselves by either wearing nice suits to church, by kind of promoting their good deeds when we're told not to in Matthew 6. They do accustomed things, but it's not relational. They do and they recite prayers. They attend church. They might even go as far as reading their Bibles, but none of it is really coming out of the overflowing of the heart. It's not because they're regenerate. It's not because they're born again. It's because everything has become so ritualistic for them. And so they might also fall into the same conundrum of looking down their nose at someone who is not doing something to the highest, I guess, degree. Oh, you've missed church. Hey, you ain't reading your Bible. Hey, you, you didn't do certain good deeds. You're not reciting certain prayers. And so religious attitudes can embody ungodly characteristics. And we're talking pride work-based righteousness, looking down your nose and others. None of this, by any means of the stretch, is near or close to what Christ says. Is love thy neighbor. I oppose the proud. Extend grace to people. Don't look down on nobody. Our works are filthy rags to God. Without faith and trust in, in Jesus, us trying to work our way to heaven is just ludicrous even think that it's counterfeit Christianity by trying to gain your salvation by works by assuming that yes Christ died on the cross but somehow I have to make up for whatever he lacked which was nothing I'm going to attend church or go outside and do missionary work and these are all great things I'm not saying they're bad things what I'm saying is what's the intent behind them are you trying to earn something? Are you trying to gain something from doing these things? Or are you ultimately trying to please God through faith by doing good works? And if you're in the last one, then that's correct. But the ones prior are just wrong. Because there's no way to please God without faith. And if you're trying to somehow win God's favor by doing works, then you're already in the wrong uh, thinking. Humility and servitude is a beautiful thing. When someone says, I am religious, you wonder whether they're trying to take a higher platitude, trying to take a higher platform and say, hey, well, I'm up here, you're down there. See, in Philippians, Jesus says that he descended down to us and he took no glory from himself. He gave up his sort of Godhead while he was down here with us. If I can flip that if I can flip to that. And in the meantime, that was a form of, of servitude. That was a form of Jesus saying, I'm coming down to the very people I created. 
and I'm going to be relational to them. I'm going to communicate with them. I'm not going to abandon them like a lot of false religions believe that their God would do. That somehow man has to exalt himself or try to gain exaltation so he can one day become like God or he can somehow say, I've earned my way. No, the God of Scripture says, I will descend down to my people. He's the only God who has ever done that in history. Every religion, man has to somehow walk the stairway to heaven, while in Christianity, Jesus takes every step down to us. Even when he finally gets to earth, he's still walking with us. It's not like he's now going to proclaim that he is God and, and he's going to be like, oh, yes, now that I'm here, I don't want, I, I want to be served. People, he said, I come here to serve. And we clearly see through scripture that, yes, he is God. That he qualifies to be God in every aspect of all the prophecies, over 300 that scripture requires. And here we read in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5, it says, Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men, and when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God, the Father, Jesus humbles himself. Jesus is becoming a servant to us. And he heals us. And he talks to us. And he told the woman at the well that through him, he, she can gain an everlasting life. That she will no longer thirst. And that we will no longer thirst. That we'll become followers of Christ. Not religious. Religious is a person who has done evil deeds, but tries to cover it up with perfume and sprays it on himself and says, look how good I've been. A religious person is someone who hides their sin when they clearly know they've done all the abominable things that we've all done. And they've broken all the commandments. Now, I'm not so sure about those who may have a religious external appearance, but they are also people of faith, right? I don't want to... I don't want to like uh, paintbrush all religious people the same. There's people who take pride in the word religious, and so and they can very be well, uh, very well be uh, true followers of Christ, but they hold on to the word religious or religion. Jesus came to serve and not be religious. Jesus didn't like religion, and rebuked the religious Pharisees that we saw in Luke 11. Jesus didn't like religion. The reason why was for the very reasons that it takes you away from a relationship with God. Jesus says to do as they say, but not as they do. These people may know the works. They may know 
what the law says. They may know what the Bible says. But the Pharisees lacked relationship, relationship with Christ, with God, with their Savior. Everything was, if as long as I do X, Y, and Z, I'm okay with God. And if I fall, then I'll recite certain prayers to somehow gain a closure. It's like human modification. It's like I'll exchange the sin or I'll exchange certain practices for other practices. Treat God like a genie. Treat God like mom and dad. And therefore, I'm okay with that. By any means, has any of that ever been expressed in Scripture? In fact, when it has been expressed in the Old Testament, you see the Israelites, you see God speaking bad about the Israelites. You see in Jeremiah what God will craft up a by by craft up I mean he will create he will do for his people a, a water of cistern yet his people will walk away to a broken cistern when God has given them a new one uh, family brothers and sisters who are listening for anyone who has this religious personality this religious approach to Christ I would encourage you to look back in scripture and see what Christ has said to the religious people and see how he has been affecting those who have been who walk in sinfulness and he's loved them he's cared for them he served them he did not bash them he did not look down his nose if anyone in the world was able to look down their nose Jesus would have been the person who was overly qualified to do so and yet he didn't do it Jesus also heals a man's withered hand I don't know what the word withered means, but let's just assume that withered means broken or fractured in, in today's modern term. Also, think of it in this fashion. A religious person is like that one worker you work with who doesn't really talk to anybody. You might know who I'm talking about. It's that one person. He does everything right, but he doesn't speak to anybody. And you don't really enjoy your work life as much with this person. But he does everything right. right? You don't have to worry about getting in trouble. You don't have to worry about doing X, Y, and Z. Because he's always there. But he doesn't communicate. Or we can talk about someone who's non-religious, who is very loving, who's very caring, who's very expressive, may not do everything right. You can deal with it though. And so that's a way to kind of look at someone who's religious to someone who is walking in faith in Christ. Christ is not looking for someone to do everything right because Christ has already done that. He's looking for a people who is relational to Him. A people who will call on Him and talk with Him and communicate with Him. Not just on a religious basis. It's not just, I've said my prayers before food or i said it after or I pray before I slept. And so now I know I'm secure, I'm perfectly cool. Hey, I've sinned but I'm saying certain Hail Marys or certain set of recitation. That's not what God's looking for because then you no longer become a people of God's own heart. You become robots. You guys, we become people with stale, darkened hearts. And God doesn't want that. And so I leave you guys with this as my final thought. Religion or religious expressions don't save. Genuine faith in Jesus and the work of the cross is what saves, my friends. And so I asked you a few questions just so you can kind of like think. Have you been treating God religiously? Have you been walking with God religiously? And if you have, repent. Repent of it. I said, Lord, allow me to speak with you and walk with you in love.
and open communication. That not only do I obey you because you love me, but I obey you because you're just, because you're the Father, because you've created this universe, because you've created the stars, but you didn't create nothing else in this universe but us humans in your image. The stars didn't merit your image. The planets didn't earn your image. The universe didn't earn or qualify for your image. But we, sinful fallen people, have earned to be crafted and created in the Imago Dei, in your image. And not just that, but your son has died for our sins he, to save us. And we get to experience what it means to walk in darkness and to walk in light. Angels don't even get to experience that. Planets and, and moons and stars don't experience any of that. But we do. We get to experience what it means to be in sanctification and walk with Christ and see Christ work in us. We get to see your majesty. We get to see what it means to wrestle with darkness and you intervene. We get to experience the beauty of what it means to walk faithfully. We get to experience the beauty of fellowshipping with the body of Christ. We get to experience all of this. But many want to exchange this for religious experience. And it's counterfeit. It's not true Christianity. It's not a true walk with Christ. So I leave you guys with that. I thank you guys for stepping in. I thank you guys for listening in. I'd love to got to hear you guys' feedback. If you can please rate and comment this, um, my podcast on the Apple Podcast, or maybe give it a like on Anchor app, I would highly appreciate that. And share it uh, with your family and sisters and brothers and and Facebook. It would, the only way I would be noticed, or it would just give me a, of a higher platform. It's just the way podcast works. May the grace and the peace of the Holy Spirit guide every single one of you guys. God bless.